make sure to check us out on Letterboxd for written reviews. For films that we've done not only on the podcast, but outside of the podcast too. Links in the description below. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Rewatch Podcast. My name is Samuel. And my name is Jaden. And today we have another very special guest with us and that is Harry. Welcome yeah. to the Rewatch Podcast, my friend. Yeah, thank you. Great to be here. Today we're going to be talking about Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. The Lord of the Rings. The, oh, I was trying so hard to get that right. Don't let me down, eh? <laughs> All right. So this is a podcast where we talk extensively about a certain film and then decide whether it deserves a rewatch from you. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other place you listen to podcasts. If you're listening via Apple Podcasts, uh, you can leave us a review. And if you enjoy the show, please leave a like on the YouTube video. Part of my soul leaves my body. If you would like to reach the show, you can leave a comment on YouTube or send us an email at the one we watch podcast at gmail.com. Alrighty, boys. Lord of the Rings. It's a bit Come of on, a... bro. <laughs> I just corrected you once. <laughs> no, I'm referring to I'm referring to the entire franchise. Okay. I was going to say Lord of the Rings. It's quite a big deal, isn't it? I've got two pretty big fans of Lord of the Rings in the yes, in the yes. room. I'm a bit nervous because I myself am a bit more of a casual Lord of the Rings As enjoyer. You know, you shown. Yep. You know, <laughs> yes, I I dropped the the. I dropped the the. Drop the the. It was cleaner though. It was cleaner. Um, so what happens in this movie, guys? Um, give us a bit of a story overview. And um, I wanted to ask, how much does it differ from the actual book? No spoilers first. first. Okay, yeah, right. Um, so the overview of the film, of course. There's a ring that's been crafted. It mm-hmm. contains all the evil yep. in the basic form. It's now fallen in the hands of unlikely heroes. Who have now got to take it? Um, and of course, that's the entire series all the way back to where it was forged to get rid of it. Yeah, right. but let's just focus on the beginning part. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure, for sure. And so, when comparing it to the book, guys, is is there a book that is the Fellowship of the Ring book, or is it just the book is the entire story? Um, is, is there three books? Uh, no, I think it's just an entire book from what I remember. Yeah, yeah. I think he split it into three parts. And when you go through the book, it's yeah. part one, part yeah, two, part yeah. Oh, there's, right. There's individual parts, so mm. you yeah. know when it's like separate. But um, yeah, it's like one distinct book. And I think the same as like with The Hobbit as well. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So the film's directed by Peter Jackson and it currently sits at 4.3 on Letterboxd out of mm. five stars. Most people who have rated on Letterbox have given it a five star, which uh, makes sense. Uh, do you think a 4.3 average star rating is justified, boys? 100%. And mm. just to put in perspective for you, um, you know, I think Parasites are 4.6. So the highest you'll find on Letterbox is like 4.6, 4.7. Yep. Um, the Dark Knights, I think, sitting at a 4.4. So anything above like a 4.1 is like, incredible so yep. yeah I, I'd, I'd say like a 4.3 is well and truly justified yep. yeah. you think uh, 4.3 is justified harry yeah i think so yeah yeah, yeah. um is it a four 
Ooh. Is it a four star? I can't believe Heidi gave it a four star. <laughs> we, we know someone who gave this a four star. And, you know, we, we still lie awake, lie, lie awake at night thinking about it. <laughs> but anyway, let's get this show moving. Let's start with some general thoughts first off. Um, guys, would you recommend this film to someone who hasn't seen it? Yes. I mean, if you haven't seen Lord of the Rings, what are you doing, right? It's, yeah. it's literally like... It's a staple of cinema. If you're like a fan of it, if you're a fan of watching movies, you have to watch this. There's no excuse about it. Yeah. Right. right. You agree, Harry? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Um, and is this film worth a rewatch to someone who has already seen it? Do you think it's worth going back to? Do you feel like when you go back to it, you still get the same substance? Like it doesn't, you know, wither on rewatches. Yeah, look, absolutely. It's one of those films that I think is going to be rewatched for years to come. Mm-hmm. And in saying that, I don't think there should ever be a remake of it uh, mm-hmm. because this one still upholds today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I've this is probably one of like the most rewatched mm-hmm. films. I'll, I'll call it like a franchise because when I watch one, I watch all of them. So mm-hmm. I've watched these films so many times that I can't even remember how many times. And every single time is just as good as the last. You know, it, it doesn't get worse. Yeah. Right. And Harry, I wanted to talk to you about this because you recently rewatched the films in the cinema yep. um, as part of a marathon. How was that? Like, did have you ever experienced the films in a cinema before? No, I was <laughs> probably about one year old when they were coming out. So yeah, yeah. Two thousand and one. No, or yeah, two thousand and one was the first one. Yep. I think they yeah. released consecutively. Yeah, right, so right. no, I would have been uh, pissing everyone else off. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, it was spectacular to see them in the cinema. The sound, um, so jealous. Was oh, it was great. Everyone in there was so excited to be there. So right, right. There wasn't any uh, American like cheering in the theater, was there? Oh no, there was a polite <laughs> golf clap at the end of the last one. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. That makes if, sense. If any, if any film deserves a clap at the end, it's probably the end of I mean, Return of the King. You've all been there for like nine hours together. Yeah. You, you got to. You all deserve that. a clap. Yeah, we all, we all went on an adventure together. So. Yeah. yeah, true. You definitely did. That's uh, the thing about the, the Lord of the Rings. Like, it immerses you in this like adventure, which I just love. Like, you just you go out with Frodo and the Fellowship, and you, you feel like you're on the journey mm. with them. Yeah. And it's like one of the only films that really does that for me. Mm. Um, I, yep. I couldn't think of any other ones that do that. Yeah. We'll go to um, acting and characters. Mm-hmm. Lads, do we have any uh, favourite characters from from the little squad that forms in this movie? Oh, look, the characters as a whole as a group, or as a fellowship, I should probably mm-hmm. say. They're fantastic together. Mm-hmm. Um, out of favourite characters, oh, I love Gandalf. He's a classic. Mm-hmm. Actors... One point I'd like to raise about the actors is these actors weren't well known going into this series. Yep. Um, there was a couple, you know, Christopher Lee and things like that, but the majority of them, especially the main ones, they weren't well known. And I think that created an interesting aspect going into the film and how mm-hmm. they were able to develop. It wasn't based off, oh, look, you know, Tom Cruise is playing Frodo. Oh, I can't wait to see him. <laughs> <on that." laughs> you know, it was, it, was, it was something you didn't really know the actors. It was quite good. Yeah. Uh, but right. yeah, Ian McKellen, so McKellen was fantastic as Gandalf I think uh-huh. he just portrayed that so well but all of them suit their roles perfectly yeah for yeah. sure well said yeah um, and I think that's the thing about choosing nobodies for like a new franchise right mm. um, it's it's similar to Harry Potter where you've, you've taken three kids that no one knows and you've made them stars overnight um, and, and that's what the Lord of the Rings did I mean um, Vigo or v- 
I think it's Viggo Mortensen. Mm. Um, his Aragon was probably one of my favorites. Um, he just absolutely kills it in the role, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Puts everything into it. Um, Sean Aston as uh, Samwise Gamgee also fantastic. To the fact that I think I actually like him more than Elijah Wood as Frodo. Um, Frodo is definitely not one of my favorites. Um, Same actually. Yeah. I actually, yeah. I just feel like he's a bit uh, useless at times. I just don't mm. like him. I, I like him as a character, and I think it's the way the character's um, meant to be portrayed. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like he's very reliant on other people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I would just prefer like um, Sean Astin's or Viggo Mortensen's or even, you know, Sir Ian McCallum's um, characters in the films. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If I had to pick a favourite, probably, yeah, probably Aragorn as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love a bit of Legolas, but I think he's actually better in the subsequent films. He yeah. doesn't get as much, like, screen time in this because mm-hmm. he only comes in sort of maybe about halfway. Uh, it's hard to sort of... Yeah, I think Hard to right think there. about this movie because... Uh, because I've said this to Jaden before, I feel like the Lord of the Rings movies, if you said okay, what movie does Battle X occur yeah, yeah. in? I would have no idea because it all gels together so well. Yep. And even when I was watching this movie, the final battle I thought was in the next movie. So yep. a bit before that, I was ready to end the movie. I was like, okay, you know, this has been a good, <laughs> this has been a good watch. And then it just kept on going. And yeah. I'm like, whoa, I thought this was in the next movie. So it just gels so well together as yeah. a trilogy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, 100%. You, you're completely right there. Um, if you're like a really hardcore fan, like I know what's going to happen when, like I, I actually know like a lot of the lines, not to brag. <laughs> um, but yeah, when you want to like say to me, like, where does this film finish and where does the next one start? Like I always forget every time because when I watch them, I just watch it in one big marathon usually. Right. So it just kind of gets lost where the start and ends are of the mm. films. Yeah. yeah. Harry, how does this rank in terms of trilogies? Do you think it's one of the best ones? Oh, look, I'd have to say so. I'm trying to think of some other trilogies to compare it to, but... Star like, Wars. Yeah, 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 as well. Star Wars is probably like the epitome of a great trilogy, and I do believe, personally, I think Lord of the Rings is up there with it. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing, it's it's one long story, as Jaden's put in this yep. book itself. It's, you got to watch it from the very first yep. one when that title screen comes up to the credits of the last one. Yep. Yep. For sure. And it just flows so continuously, you know. There's no... Yep. There's no Oh, it's been a year since the last movie. Mm. It's just all the way just through. Keeps going. Did yeah. they film these back to back? Ooh, I I want to say yes because I think they were released two thousand and one, two and three. Really? I believe they I think, were. Yeah, that would yeah, have been so, a mad three um, years to be alive. Ooh, yeah. I'll, I'll look it up while you guys are talking. Yeah, um, and just another thing as well, just the set design in oh. these in this movie. Because oh, I'll talk about this movie particularly, but. It's some of the best set design ever in the history of film ever. ever. Um, every set is just so well detailed and thought out. There's all, always something interesting going on in the background. And Jaden, I know you're actually from New Zealand mm-hmm. and you have a bit of a connection to this film yeah. through some family members. Yeah, yeah. So um, my dad's cousin, he's done like some work on VFX. He's like a model artist so he did like um all of like the trees and the and, yeah. and, uh, two towers and stuff um but yeah i mean the scenery in in terms of lord the lord of the rings is just fantastic man you can't be like 
natural landscape shots and if you compare that to like green screen and endgame oh my god it just absolutely destroys it um, but I just looked it up yeah they released 2001 2 and 3 so consecutively that's incredible there's no way they would have been able to film them without breaks um, no, no. with breaks sorry um, so I think they would have filmed them back to back to back. That's insane. Yeah. Just what a what a journey those actors would have had to go oh, through. Yeah. Yep. I might just add on that too. I, I was reading a book about uh, Peter Jackson and it was oh, about Lord of the Rings. I and think I might have this book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't recall what it was called, but it, it discussed that he had trouble trying to get any studio involved. They just didn't want to take the risk because he said it has to be, they all want to do it in one film. Mm-hmm. He said, no, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So he took the risk in his own studio, which is based in New Zealand. Yep. And unbelievable, the work, the amount of work he put into it. He even brought on, when we're talking about the sets, he brought on the illustrator that Tolkien had for the books. And I can't remember his name again. I did not know that. Yeah, I was reading, I've got another book at home. And he brought it in and said, well, this is what I drew for this scene. And they'd base the actual sets around that and he'd help cool. the set production. It was cool. a phenomenal job. He had all the experts on it. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Just that artistic drive. Yeah. It's just, yeah. just beautiful. Like, we don't see it a lot nowadays, unfortunately. Mm. You know, we see it with a, a lot of directors, but, mm-hmm. you know, sort of the the more popular films. I, I, we, we haven't really had a, a lot of that, the director who... If, if a director nowadays was told, no, we're not making this movie, we're not financing it, um, they probably just give up. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't think you know. There's this is a once in a lifetime sort of movie franchise um, sort of journey. And Peter Jackson, I mean, what a hero. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And and to think, correct me if I'm wrong. I think this was his directorial de- debut. This was like um, his first film that he right. released. Right. Oh my god! Imagine this being the first film oh. that he released. <laughs> like that is insane. Like. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's an indie filmmaker when he releases Lord of the Rings. Um, the amount of praise that he received for it mm. is well-deserved. I mean, the work that he put in, the cast, all of the performances, um, you know, bringing in Howard Shaw to do the score. Yeah. I, personally, there's nothing in this film that I really see that's wrong. Um, but I, I won't talk about that too much to mm. reveal you. Yeah, so in terms of visuals, we chatted about the set design already and I, I thought even the CGI sort of backdrops because there were a bit of, there was a bit of CGI in the film even that was pretty good like oh, yeah. in terms of the standards for 2001 mm-hmm. like pretty incredible and you know it's not as good looking today but yep. it's still a lot better than some other more modern films yeah. so mm-hmm. did you guys have any thoughts on on the CGI or anything like that um, yeah. Well, Any more it's visuals? Interesting, it's interesting you raise this because I was watching the first scene where we have, you know, the battle of the men, the elves and the orcs. Um, and yeah, I did notice it was like lacking a bit, but you can't fault it on that because yeah. it's what they had available at the time and it was the best they could do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you said, even still, it, it still holds up. Like it's still great. It does what it's intended to yeah. do. Um, it's not like glaringly obvious that it's just like a bunch of CGI just chucked on the screen. Um, and then when they are able to do, um, like real shots, they take advantage of that and do that. Mm. So, yeah. There's just no, there's no replacement for actually going to the place and doing it. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, there, there are some really beautiful shots in this movie that I think could be like frames, like photo frames. Um, one in particular was when. Just at the very start of the movie when 
Frodo's about to head off. There's a shot of like Gandalf with a horse and um, Frodo, and it's like a silhouette, shadow sort of silhouette. It's got like a purple sky in the background. Mm -hmm. It's only a couple seconds, but it's like, my God, like, that's just beautiful. And it happens all the way throughout the film. It's it's consistently there. They're releasing like good shots of, you know, Gandalf riding um, with his white horse. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, it's just it doesn't get more epic than that. But, uh, the, the shot that always gives me, and I'll be honest with the music, and oh, goosebumps every time, yep. is that shot of Hobbiton. Uh, yep. You know, and you just see Baggin at the top, and it's yep. just green, blue sky. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's beautiful. Yep. Yeah, that is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's a painting. And so, yep. in fact, I've actually had a mate paint me a picture of that scene. Oh, wow. Um, I'll have to show you sometime. But, yeah. Yeah. Goosebumps every time. So yeah. 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 Oh, fantastic. I mean, a, a lot of these visuals are just just incredible. Even you can compare it to the modern day stuff. It's just beautiful. These films released recently uh, released on 4K and apparently it's, you know, looks as good as, as any other sort of 4K. I'm going to have to pick them up. I'm going to have to take that jump and just buy them. It's only 70 bucks. It's only 70 bucks. Um, so sound, we've, we've touched on a bit of sound just then. Um, we'll keep it generally because we do our music segment later on, but, mm-hmm. um, but the music is beautiful in this. And, and beautiful sort of the best way to describe it because it's not like tense music. Like it's not like, you know, one sort of emotion in the music, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, for example, Joker has depressing music sort of throughout. But this has, you know, it has beautiful music for the hobbits it has like epic music for gandalf and super cool music for aragorn and and just all of these sorts of things and it's like howard shaw i mean i I haven't i don't know a lot about him but Mm -hmm. do you guys do you guys how do you guys like the music you go oh yeah like i said before i listen when i go hiking i listen to the soundtrack Mm -hmm. um because it it takes you somewhere else it really does everything from hobbiton to the music throughout when they're Doing those shots, the long distance shots, and you see yeah. them hiking up mountains. Oh, uh, yeah, it really takes you elsewhere. Uh, mm. Can't recall another film that's done that for me quite as well. Really? Yeah. 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 Um, I think it goes without saying that this is my favourite score, Lord of the Rings, mm. um, ever. Like, I, I, I couldn't think of anything that beats like it. Like, for this specific film, or um, well, well, just in general? All of the themes are kind of um, rehashed right, in right. the other films. Um, so I'm just going to, like, class it as one yeah 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 Yeah. um and i typically do that with like the movies as well yeah um but yeah this this scoring is just absolutely fantastic it it just takes you somewhere else when you're watching it um and you know um hans has been known to do like fantastic stuff as well but howard shaw like i can't think of anything else that he's done um but he just absolutely like hit the ball out of the park with Lord of the Rings. Like, it just captures everything that, you know, Tolkien established in the books. It just mm. grabs all of that and just mm. throws it on the screen, yeah. Um, Silence of the Lambs, Seven, and The Departed are some other Howard Shaw. Cool, um, yeah, yeah. I do remember, actually, Silence of the Lambs. Seven yeah. and Silence of the Lambs have great music, actually, mm. yeah. Um, but, yes, um, we'll, should we move on to some more detailed thoughts? Um, we'll we'll go, go into some sort of spoiler territory, sort of kind of work our way chronologically kind of through the movie. Obviously, mm-hmm. feel free to jump in and, you know, interject anything from, from throughout the film. Uh-huh. But, um, look, the, the opening is a bit of an exposition dump, but it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like it. 
It's yeah. a it's a beautiful story. It's yeah. a mythological story, and it's a just a dramatic retelling of events. Mm-hmm. And it just captures your attention sort of straight away. Yeah. Mm. What do we think of that opening? Love it every time. Um, <laughs> you know, seeing uh, Hobbiton and the Shire. And then, um, you know, obviously getting, like, the backstory behind Gollum and then um, it kind of ties into, like, the Hobbit franchise a bit there where we yeah. see um, Bilbo, like, getting a hold, a hold of the ring um, and then, like, the ring kind of being forgotten um, as men are, you know, kind of stupid for a point in time there. Yeah, I was kind of a bit um, offended. I was like, <laughs> excuse me? Um, <laughs> They're, like, men who desire... Nothing but power. I'm like, yeah, what? Yeah. But, but <laughs> How you need, dare you? No, I'm just kidding. You need that big setup of, um, you know, Sauron, right? You need mm. him to be like the looming threat throughout the franchise. And I think that, you know, establishing shot where we see him sort of lurking over the top of like the elves and the mm. men, it just does it for me every time. Like, he's like a genuine threat. He's yeah. like there with Darth Vader. And yeah. Voldemort, you know, you genuinely fear him when he's on screen. Mm. Yeah. Thoughts on the opening? Yeah, well, actually, I was going to make that comparison of Darth Vader when you mm. see him looming. Mm. And you see the men stop. They don't put their guard. They don't get ready to attack. They just stop and look. Yeah. It's, and I know it's obviously influence of the ring and all that too. But, but yeah, you see him loom over. Uh, look, that opening, I have a similar notes on me about there's a lot being told there, but it's almost told like a poem. And I know originally he wasn't going to have Kate Blanchett or Galadriel narrating the very opening. Right. Um, and that's the Battle of the Last Alliance, I think it is, with, with the Men of the Elves, of course. Mm. Um, but it, apparently he changed it, uh, Peter Jackson changed it because he said that she's almost eternal. Well, yeah. she's an elf, so she's eternal. Right. So it made more sense to have her mm. narrate the beginning like she'd been there at the time and, yeah. you know, and her, that sort of thing. And yeah, it's almost like reading a poem. And essentially that's what Tolkien was known for as well, was his poems. And so they managed to condense it quite well and cover it in just little shots. Okay, yeah, here we see seven elves and nine men and uh, uh, three elves, sorry, and nine dwarves, uh, seven dwarves. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's condensed quite well, that little opening scene. It sets the background, okay, and we see how much of a threat he is all in the space of, what, five minutes? Yeah, yes. very efficient. Yeah, very but, efficient. but it doesn't like feel like, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of rushing. You yeah, know, it feels like mm. enough time is being spent on the things that really matter. Yeah. And so I guess that sort of brings me to another question, which is um, how, how does it sort of compare to the books? Like do both of you have read the books? Mm-hmm. I, have, I have not read the books. So I ask you two, mm-hmm. does, I imagine a lot of things are cut, but it does, does it feel like these films are good representations of the book? Um, if I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm more of a fan of The Hobbit um, as a book um, but in, in terms of the Lord of the Rings, I think, uh, you know, Peter Jackson, nine hours to like condense mm. the books is nine hours is a lot of time, right? But nine hours at the same time is not a lot of time to put what Tolkien did into this media, um, of, you know, nine hours of film. Mm. It's still really, really hard. Um, but I think what he did was, you know, well and truly justified. Like he got the general premise of it. He got a lot of the characters in there. Um, I think he still did very well justice to what Tolkien, you know, wrote all that long ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Tolkien's known, his writing style is known to be quite extensive on certain things. So there are parts when you read through the book, you're like, oh yeah, 
that could almost be cut and it wouldn't change a whole lot. But mm. that's not the point of his books. Yeah. But when it comes to the film, yeah, I agree. You know, at the end of the day, you've got to try and fit it all into a film or yeah. three films. Yeah. Um, and I think he, Peter Jackson did the best that he certainly could and he did it well. There's nothing really in there. You can certainly pick one say that wasn't in there, but it was in the book. But at the end of the day, the story works perfectly fine. 100%. Because yeah. Yeah. there is an extended version of the of these movies, right? And yeah. it sort of runs near four hours, I think, in terms of each each film. Mm. So it does show that, like, he obviously filmed a lot of extra scenes hoping to cram as much in as possible. And, yeah. And, and things have been cut. And have, have you seen the, the extended editions at all? I don't remember, honestly. Um, I, I'd probably remember if I had, but uh, I've watched these films so many times that I'm, I might have watched the extended version yeah. in there. <laughs> Who knows, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I have actually seen the three, and I forget. I think it was a mate of mine, had them. And watched them all. Yeah, there's definitely more scenes. It shows a lot more scenery. To be honest, it was quite a while ago. I can't remember which particular scenes had been right, removed. Right, fair enough. But yeah, more scenery and things like mm. that. A um, few more probably conversations were kept in. Yeah. A few extensions and some battles. You know, yeah, right. Placed a bit more focus on this character. But yeah, nothing that really you know, needed to desperately be in there to yeah. impact the story. Yeah. There's nothing that's going to make it better, right? Like it's, yeah. it's already yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. And... You know, we see a bit nowadays um, with, with the Snyder Cut just being released, a lot of people saying four hours too long, why is it four hours? Mm. Um, do you guys feel like this film is too long, too short, just right? I think it found like the sweet spot, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. Anything less than three hours is just way too quick to, you know, summarize the book. Um, you need to have three hours of it, otherwise you, you, you're missing out on a lot of what originally was there. Um, and, and that's probably why I have an issue with the Snyder Cut is because there's no um, original content that it has to stay faithful to. Right. It's just its own story, so Zack Snyder could have easily consent, like condensed it into something smaller. Um, but Peter Jackson, like he was pushed for time on this, like anything less just wouldn't have done justice to the book. Mm. Do you get bored at any stage during the film, Harry, or do you feel like it's just like pretty, pretty well paced? Uh, me personally, no, I don't, I don't get bored. And I've, I've watched it with other people too, who haven't, who weren't big fans, but no, they never at any point seemed bored or said, mm. oh yeah, it's a bit slow. The first one certainly is a little bit more slow paced compared right. to the following two, mm. but just in action wise, I guess, is one aspect. There's a lot mm. more going on, a lot more characters involved. Right. later in the films but uh, no I think the first one it had to be paced like that because you've got to remember it's set in the, it's creating the world yeah. yeah you know really we're trying to set this stage of well this is what Middle Earth is um, and so I'm glad they didn't rush it at yeah. all and uh, no, I think it's paced well yeah fair enough um, I really like the, the first sort of couple of scenes in the Shire mm-hmm. I think just the the wonderment of the Shire and sort of just the beauty of it and just how green everything is and just just the set design again is just incredible. But most importantly, we get some good memes out of it. The first being, um, <laughs> all right, then keep your secrets. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is like not even the shot that they use for that meme is not it's the not, shot yeah. in the movie. Yeah. And it, it, 
<laughs> memes do this often and I'm kind yeah. of mad about no, it. No, yeah, I, I honestly am on the same page with you here. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, he, he says it and there's, while there's like this wide shot of like the carriage and, and yeah. the meme is like him looking at Gandalf like, yeah. all right, keep your secrets. But he doesn't say it like it's that. It's the same thing with um, one does not simply walk into more. Yeah, yeah. Like he yeah. says it, but like, he's not doing this. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, whoa, hold on. I've, I've been lied to my whole life. <laughs> Yeah, no, there are some good memes coming out of this, yeah. so I thought that I would uh, give, give a little bit of a mention. Gandalf comes in. I mean, what a presence by Ian McKellen and what mm. a performance. And just just the look of the character is just so interesting and just it, it, it conveys exactly who he is. I, I was trying to think of what sort of energy Gandalf sort of gives off. And I was like, is it Master Yoda? And I was like, no, it's a bit different. And I was like, hang on. It's a perfect combination between Obi-Wan and Master Yoda in, in the original trilogy. You know, you sort of have like the yeah, wise yeah. old man who sort of like knows, he's, you know, he's wise, he knows a lot mm-hmm. and is able to teach and is kind. And then you sort of have like the, the Yoda part, which is like the wise Kraken, like, yeah, you know, yeah. he, we're, we're going to roast you if you're not careful, yeah, like yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Um, and I just thought it was a really, really nice combination. I don't know if you guys... <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. good. I can see that being a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you guys are fa- big fans of um, Gandalf the Grey? Oh, I love him. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, so McKellen playing that part was phenomenal. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and, and the conversation he has with um, Bilbo at the start is really, really good. And you can tell Peter Jackson realised that Ian McKellen's bringing, bringing the energy here yeah. because there are a lot of really intense close-ups of Gandalf's eyes mm. and you can't do that with a bad actor. Like, nah, you can just yeah. imagine, like, you know, imagine Power Rangers with, like, close-ups of the face. Like, <laughs> like you don't want that. You want yeah. big, wide shots because you don't want to you don't want to focus in on the performance because yep. yeah. it's terrible. Yep. But in this, like, it's just so good that, he, you know, Ian McKellen can sort of tell the story with his eyes and sometimes mm. it is just his eyes in the frame and it, it's so good anyway, so... I don't know if you guys had anything to add on sort of the opening opening Shire sort of sort of scenes, setting up the ring, kind of getting the adventure on on the cart. Um, yeah, we're talking about the very beginning. Uh, the first thing I noticed is obviously the challenge of all right, these guys are tiny. <laughs> these yeah, hobbits yeah. are meant to be tiny. Yeah. They're not supposed to be big. So doing some of those angles, obviously they used doubles and things like that that were shorter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of the shots, you know, okay, well, we're going to have the camera angled this way. Yeah, yeah. Know, Looking like that, especially when Frodo jumps onto Gandalf on yep. the carriage from right. the ledge there. And, he, and you, you got to see that. Oh, okay, he's got to look tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're going further into Bag End, Do it. Yeah. the whole scene, um, I know that they, they built two Bag Ends and one was, I don't know, half the size or something. So yeah, for right. Ian McCallum, when they filmed him in there, so they could bump his head, so he looked mm-hmm. big. Yeah. You know, and then... So just those shots like that yeah. were oh, just crazy work mm. the whole way through would have been yeah. it's really cool that they did that right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah um and yeah so they used a mix of uh doubles obviously shorter people and um yeah perspective shots so yeah. for the um the, the carriage or the wagon for example um there was a seat that was further back for Elijah Wood. So well, when he was like sitting next to Gandalf, he was actually a meter or so back from him um, mm. to make him look tiny. Right. And it's the same thing where, um, you know, Gandalf and him are having, um, I guess you could call it like tea in his room, in his yep. house. Um, and um, they built two separate um, tables um, and one with like sized up cutlery, sized up food, sized up drinks. 
the one with all smaller versions mm. um and they had a dolly that like moved around it perfectly and right. the dolly had like the table on it and just the <laughs> amount of work that they put into it um is just what insane. a nightmare oh yeah but good on them for doing it because it, it just like sets the scene for like you know these people are literally tiny people yeah. like it, yeah. it just immerses you in it um mm. there's been multiple films that have just failed to you know, do mm. the sort of thing where um, they, they try to establish a character as being this and it just absolutely fails. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it makes you feel like these people are hobbits. They are small and they're living in this tiny village. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. And they have to carry that way. They have to carry that sort of concept through the entire three films. Yeah. Yeah. You just think like this would have been a hard enough film to shoot without that problem yeah. but that's a you know that's a major problem every time Frodo's in the frame they have to take that into account every time Samwise and, and Merry and Pippin are in the frame you know yep. it's just incredible like the thought behind it that mm. would have had to have gone in this would have been a nightmare of a production especially to shoot it back to back like that's yeah. insane I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that like it comes out looking as good as it does you know for the budget and, and the time that they had yeah um, but yeah, another thing that I really, really like about this film is sort of how characters react to being off of the ring. Um, yeah. and, and first off, we sort of, we see Gandalf, who, as far as we know at this point in the story, is like the most powerful person in, in, that we know mm-hmm. of at this stage. And he's offered the ring and, and, you know, he declines it because he would use it to do good and that would give him a huge power that just you know he doesn't want to have and Mm. just just how the ring is offered to people like each character in in the in the film yep i just found that so interesting yeah like the the temptation and to use it for evil or for good or to you know use it to save your kingdom or Mm. you know to to help people or to you know burn the world or whatever siren wants to do um but yeah i just i really really enjoyed just the ring is sort of like a character of its own yeah, in this film. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, I don't know if you guys had anything to add on that. Yeah. Um, actually, I was just going about talking about the ring. There was a few shots, again, where they had to do certain things with the ring. The first one, when Bilbo's just leaving Bag End after the party, and, uh, and Gandalf again says, look, it's still in your pocket. Yeah. And he drops it. They used a magnetic floor for that drop. Oh, really? So when the ring hits, it was a It thud. just stays. Right. That's why it, yeah, it doesn't bounce. And yeah. that's why he says, bang, and right. And then again later on, not going too much further, when they climb the mountain mm-hmm. as a fellowship and it comes off right and he falls down and he realises it's not around his neck anymore yep. and it shows Boromir picking it up, That they do a shot where they show it sitting on the snow. Yep. That ring, obviously, for people listening, was it needed two hands to hold. Yeah. Um, they showed it was, it was about yay big, so yeah. almost about 12 inches diameter across. Yep. And they use that for that particular shot. So when the camera pans down, it shows it in the foreground and then the characters in the background. Oh. Yeah, it was... I was amazed. Right. Cool. Just little things like that yeah. the whole film. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. That's a cool insight into it. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, the ring has like a power and a presence. Mm. Um, it's heavy. It's yeah. you know, it, it carries a burden. Um, that's really cool. That yeah. The magnetic yeah. fall. Yeah. yeah mm. That's really cool. There's another very interesting thing that they probably didn't need to do. Yeah. Probably would have been a fantastic film if they didn't do that. Yeah, but they did it. Yeah, it's, it's just, cool that they always go that extra step. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're always big fans of when directors and you know set designers and, and all these sorts of things take that extra step. Yeah, I want to ask you guys, um, how does the the ring actually uh, like awoken or how does it wake up? Because at one stage the ring is not awake, 
than the next it is. And perhaps I missed it, but I've only seen the films a couple of times. I haven't read the book. But it seemed like at one stage the ring is like asleep mm-hmm. and then the next it's not. Is, it, is that because Bilbo used the ring or like how did the, the ring actually come awake, if you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not particularly sure here, but I think it's, it's more so if it's like concealed... Um, the the ring wraiths or the Nazgul can't really sense it. Right. Um, but yeah, you kind of run into like a weird spot there with um, Bilbo. He's had mm. it for sixty years, and the Nazgul have never tracked him down. Um, yeah, I'm not particularly sure. Oh, from memory, I've read quite a few of the books and the surrounding books, like the lore and stuff like that mm. about it. But mm-hmm. from memory, the thing was um, after Sauron had been defeated. He needed to take, obviously, if you look at the Hobbit and all that, become the necromancer yep. and all that. He needed time to regain his strength a bit. And the ring almost works like a bit of a Horcrux, if you're looking at Harry yeah. Potter, in a similar yeah. sense. Um, and so I think the ring, it says that it found its way from Gollum. It actually did that itself. Mm. It says got away from Gollum to get to Bilbo, yeah. um, or unintentionally got to Bilbo. Anyway, but I think the thing is, Sauron had regained enough strength to start hunting for the ring again. Right. Uh, and so I think the ring, because it's sort of connected, went, I'm here, and sort oh, of sent out right. signals to the Nazgul. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, they found him through Gollum. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I believe that's sort of where that comes right, in. He right. waited, you know, this, the ring waited until it was time, Yeah. yeah, yeah. essentially. But yeah, mm. no, that's a, that's a very good explanation. That's um, that I thought... Uh, did I just find a plot hole in one of the best films of all time? <laughs> There's no, no way. No. <laughs> not in Tolkien's writing no. anyway. No. Yeah, no. I, I, I knew it would have been covered at least somewhere, but but yeah, perhaps I just yeah overlooked it or, or something like that. Um, Gandalf riding his horse with that music. I mean... Oh, yeah. Fantastic. I mean, it's never not going to be just, like, magnificent. Yeah. I mean, anytime... I sort of have this thing with movies. Anytime... Um, either like a person on a horse or just a person like running is going as fast as they can mm-hmm. and there's like really intense music for some reason that just always gets me really really excited like yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just so dope like I love it when um when like action stars like Tom Cruise or something or Liam Neeson like just like they just sprint yeah. like I just love that <laughs> like yeah. I just love like David Washington does it at the start of Tenet as well like when yeah. he's um, running around he just like sprints and, and there's really good music and I'm just like oh yeah let's go. <laughs> yeah like, Gets you into it, right? Yeah. yeah. You're talking about when he um, rides to Minas Tirith? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's another thing I'd bring up. I completely forgot Minas Tirith was shown in the first film. So I'm with you on that. That design had to be done yeah. before right. they were even going to touch Minas Tirith again, yeah. which is right. obviously Gondor, you know, the capital kind of thing. But it, uh, okay. I, I didn't... I only just recently I picked up on that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So where is Minas, is Minas Tirith in... in it's Gondor. in Return of the King. Oh, um, right. It's like the white... Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it's funny, yeah, because they would have had to have that design complete before yeah. working on Return of the King. And it's the exact same as it's, well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, because I've, I've always had sort of like a problem with the locational aspect of these films. Uh-huh. Like, if somebody says... Um, like, oh, I, I could never point to a map, like, of the of the universe and be like, oh, they started there, then they went there. Yeah, like, I, yeah. And then even if, like, when they arrive to a city and you ask me what city they're in, like, I wouldn't be able to tell you, like, unless mm-hmm. a character just said, like, oh, we're, we're gone or whatever. Yeah. Like, I, I've always sort of had trouble with just the locations because there are no, like, s- title cards mm-hmm. or anything like, oh, boom, we're in, yeah. you know, Norway. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand. <laughs> or just like, you know, even just something down, down the bottom that's like, you know, the city of Gondor or yeah. whatever, yep. you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that's fine. I think there's also an issue with like the names. I mean, the names aren't particularly easy to yeah. recognize. No. Um, I've always had an issue with how close Minas Tirith is to Mordor. Um, you know, there's like one big field between yeah. them. And yep. that's where, you know, the events of Return of the King take place. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, at the Black Gate and, mm. and all mm. that. Um, but yeah, whenever they show that shot where Mordor has like the big mountain and then there's the field and then there's Minas Tirith, it's always like, wow, they're actually really close. And yeah. I always forget yeah. how close they are. Right. Um, mm. But yeah, locational aspects um, in, in terms of world building, uh, I think Peter Jackson does like a fantastic show oh, of just yeah. establishing where all different places yeah, yeah. are. And, yep. Yeah, it's just incredible what he was able to do in, in the first, you know, half an hour. Mm. And I think like title cards would have just made the film like a bit tacky. Like, you can't, yeah, yeah, yep. because yep. the font wouldn't have been that high of a resolution. And if they tried to do it in like the Lord of the Rings font, it just yeah, it just wouldn't look as good. Like, yep. you know, and sometimes you just don't need to tell us where we are; we can just figure it out. Yeah. Like, yep. So a lot of times, films are like, "Oh, where's a Black Widow?" She's in Norway. Oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> I don't care. Across the screen. <laughs> yep. I, I usually refer to the map full of the, in his books. He's got the map at the beginning and right. zoomed in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's some advice for the viewers at home. As well. Right, right. Keep a map with you. I might actually do that sometime. Like, you say that, but I might you, actually you can have a go. The maps online, which shows the trail yeah. that I took, funnily enough. So oh, if you right. really want to follow right, that, yeah, right. yeah. I might actually have a look at that. That would be interesting because, yeah. you know, a part of one of the best things about this, this movie is just the world that it's set in. You know, yeah. it's just a world that you want to live in, yeah. even though it's constantly like in, in danger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, people are constantly being killed by like big black hooded figures. Like, yeah. so. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just a world that seems just so fantastical. It's sort of like The Wizard of Oz in a sense where, like, it's just wonderful and you want to be there. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's, it's kind of Star Wars does the same thing too. But, mm. but yeah, it's just... Um, so I, I, I might actually, you know, print off a map because I've watched the first movie now mm-hmm. and, like, you know, this isn't going to... The second one isn't going to be our next episode for a podcast. So there's going to be a bit of a break. Yeah. Mm. Am I going to be able to resist watching two and three? <laughs> I don't know, probably not. Yeah. Because once you start the journey... You need to finish it. You need to finish yeah. it, don't you? Mm. Yes. Um, what do we think of the uh, Saruman character, played by Christopher Lee, and sort of the battle that takes place between him and Gandalf? Yeah, I think that's quite interesting. It, it's very different. Mm. It's almost like Harry Potter in the sense where it's, you know, obviously it's magic and one against one, but there's no real... There's no punches thrown. There's no yeah. swords drawn. Yeah. Mm. Um, but as for Saruman himself and Christopher Lee... Oh, look, he, he does an excellent job, yeah. Christopher mm-hmm. Lee. I think, he, again, perfect perfect for the role. He was also the only actor that actually even met Tolkien as well. Oh, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that was quite an interesting fight because it, it's yeah. a bit different. Uh, it showed his power, though. It shows his authority. And mm-hmm. you kind of get this weird sense, like, oh, this guy's meant to be good. Look at the place he lives in. Yeah. Yeah. Thing, yeah. I think it is. And it's yeah. Great big tower. It looked very similar. And obviously, we've got big, oh, bad the, the two towers, you know, obviously links to the second film. But... Yeah, it's kind of a bit odd. Yeah. Um, no, I enjoyed that. It was a different fight, mm. and it was quite interesting. And we're talking about two actors that are well-aged. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, we would use stunt double and things like that, but, yeah, no, different. Uh, yeah. Good to watch. 
I'm just thinking about this now. I think his castle kind of looks like his staff because his staff has like yeah. the four mm. prongs and it. it's got like the, the crystal ball in the center. Mm. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love um, Sir Christopher Lee as uh, Saruman. Mm-hmm. I also really like him in The Hobbit um, where you see mm. more of him being... Um, is Christopher Lee a good guy? In the Hobbit? Yeah, he starts off as like a good guy um, oh, nice. when having like the council meeting um, with Galadriel and then um, Gandalf and Saruman and Elrond. Um and and then this um, movie delves more into like his darker side, where he you know he's training all of the orcs and he's kind of becoming Sauron's slave. Um, but I find all of like the the wizards really interesting. I think there's mm. five of them. I want to say. Yep. Um, and you see uh, Radicast in the Hobbit as well, and mm. then the other two we don't really see, but they appear in the books. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's such like an interesting character that you've got like these different groups. You know, you've got the wizards, the dwarves, the the five uh five all of the kings um and then the elves it's, mm. it's just cool how all of these people sort of mm. live their own separate lives and then yeah. they come together yeah yeah well, it's, a, it's a huge world you know it feels like it's actually you know thought out and real everyone's sort of got a purpose yeah, yeah. it's not sort of just like oh you know here are the important people that we need for the plot everyone else yeah yeah you're just yeah. like you're not even real it's all it's all a real world yeah um I, I want to touch on just like the villains in general. I think they're just so menacing and scary throughout the entire film. Usually you don't feel that. I'm, I've watched Star Wars so much now that I'm not really scared of Darth Vader, only in certain scenes. I think yeah. he's a bit intimidating. Mm. But throughout this film, like I was genuinely quite afraid of the ring wraiths. Yeah. I think that's what they yeah. are called. Yeah. Nazgul, yeah. Yeah. Especially the scene where the hobbits are hiding from them and they're like yeah. below the tree and that that was that was terrifying guys. Yeah, sniffing around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the horse, even the horse I mentioned too. The, yeah, their red eyes and the the blood and yeah, just like yeah, yeah, that's some right. sort of blood liquid hoops, dripping down or something. Yeah, I always find that scene really interesting because if you pay attention to it, um, when they like duck down under the tree root. Um, the Nazgul actually comes out of like nowhere. There's like this sliver of a frame on the right hand side of the tree where yep. you can see like the, the path continue. Oh, right. And he like appears only on one side of the tree and comes out. So you don't actually see him cross through the tree if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you should be able to see him like appear there and then he's over here. Yeah. But he just comes out of the tree out of nowhere. Oh, right. and, I, and I've never known if it's like just like a issue of yeah. the film or like if they intended to do that. Yeah. Right. right. Um, but it's just a weird thing I always pick up on. Um, and then you've also got the issue of, like, if he senses something there, why doesn't he just look under the tree? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> Especially because um, they're meant to be attracted to the ring a bit too. Yeah, it's it's less mean, than a foot in front of his It's like right there. Which yeah. <laughs> wouldn't be much, much stronger than, you know, the draw. Yeah, would, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, you kind of got to spot it. Might just as well, the only complaint I could probably find is I think that the ring race or the Nazgul were a bit nerfed or a bit weakened in the films. Okay. 100%. Because on top of Weathertop, if we can go that far, obviously where they fight Aragorn later. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the books, that was Gandalf. And oh, right. the idea is no one's quite strong enough to take on the, the Nazgul. That are, yeah. They're meant to be... Ex- and Gandalf's one of those exceptions, obviously, because, because of what he is and all that, even in the Undying Lands and all that sort of stuff. You know, there's a whole yeah. war to it. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like when Aragorn took him on, it's definitely badass. <laughs> yeah, but he's just a man, right? Yeah, yeah, at the end of the day, he's just a man. With a torch. Yeah, whatever. with a torch. Yeah. And whilst it makes a good scene, you see how mm-hmm. cool he is. Yeah, I, I think they did weaken the Nazgul quite a, yeah. a fair bit throughout this film. Yeah. Yeah. And especially like with that with that first scene where we see them like actually in action with 
you know, Aragon, who who is just not not really just a man, but he's immortal, you know. Yeah. So yeah, but I, I think the introduction to Aragon pretty dope, guys. Like yeah. pretty sinister. Um, I kind of got Han Solo in the cantina vibes. You know how they walk into the <laughs> yeah. bar and it's like, who's that over there? And, yeah. and the introduction to the super cool guy of the trilogy. <laughs> uh, I like the shot where um he's like smoking a pipe. Yes, with his and eyes. And like his eyes kind of light up. Yeah, that's such amazing. a cool shot. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. And including Nazgul in that scene too. Like the music for him, it's very dramatic. It's yeah. a choir, but um, when they come into the inn there and they, you know, and they have their swords drawn, they all come in sync. And, oh, and that's, shots, that's, so that's that shot was brilliant. Yeah. That's like my favourite shot in the film where you have like a guy on the wall yeah. and you see in the background, like the sword comes yeah. first. And oh, it's like, yeah. that's just, oh, I was like, mm. I was just in awe of that shot. Yeah. That was just fantastic terrifying it did everything you needed to do while also being super sick yep so i was watching this at like 2 a.m right and um i was like really thirsty and there was like the prancing pony scene and i was like okay i know what's coming up i need to stop it here (laughs) and go get my water otherwise i'm gonna be terrified walking up those steps yeah that's it you're not going anywhere after that uh picture battles yeah good job um Look, guys, I'm just going to say, if um, Aragorn's girlfriend showed up after I'd been injured um, by a sword, I would, I would die a happy man. I would, I'd be willing to go right there. Um, <laughs> just the way she comes up, like, she's got this, like, angel sort of light. And it's yeah. like, yeah, you, he's definitely dead. Like, that's, yeah. not, that's not something you see in the real world. Yeah. You are in the afterlife, my friend. Um, but no, guys, I kind of have an issue with that. He gets stabbed by this like super powerful being, and then mm. he's like dying. But like six days later on the horse, he's still dying. But then he gets to the river, and then he, he, the chick's like, "Oh, let me save you!" And then he's alive. Well, uh, I think there was a bit of a leap there that perhaps was explained more in the book. Uh, I believe it was the power of Galadriel that saved him um, and the elven sort of presence. Um, Obviously, you know, uh, Aragorn being a a mere mortal, um, he can't do much other than give him some herbal medicine. Um, But yeah, Peter Jackson kind of brushed over that very briefly. Um, Mm. I want to say it's Galadriel, but I'm not particularly sure. That. Yeah, I actually can't recall either, but I do agree. I think it was something to do with the elvish presence, and I, yeah. they used some sort of a herbal mm. to help him a bit, yeah. slow down the effects anyway. But I suppose he wasn't quite dying either. He was being turned into a, um, oh, a right. Nazgul yeah. himself, so I get right. I don't yeah. know how long yeah. that process takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there could have been, there was maybe a time jump in between the scenes where yep. he's leaving and there's like that chase by the river. Mm. Um, but yeah, either way, um, they get it over and done with because it leads to a more important scene, which is getting the fellowship together. Yep. Yep. And that's one of the best scenes in the film. And you know you've got a strong film when one of the best scenes is just the characters talking. Yeah. Um, just about, you know, the ring, who needs to go to destroy it. And they're all having a fight about it. And then Frodo's like, I'll take it. And nobody mm. hears him. And then yeah. Gandalf sort of goes, oh. Yeah, it, it's 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 a cool moment because you know Gandalf doesn't want to put Frodo in danger. Yeah. Mm. And and that's why he said, Look, just get it to Rivendell and we can sort it out from there. And then you get that shot where you you know, you see Gandalf's face and you see Frodo in the background and you see well, like you said, Gandalf's kinda of like 
sign because he knows what's about to happen mm-hmm. um, and he knows the dan- danger that Frodo will be in. Um, so that's like a really cool moment that, mm-hmm. you know, Gandalf has to accept that Frodo is willing to take this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Harry, why, why is the... Is, is the council scene one of the best scenes in, in the film for you? Yeah, I love it. So yeah, that's, and as you said, when a scene of someone sitting down talking is yeah. a great scene, then you know you're doing something right. Yeah. Some of the just some of the things during the council of Elrond was um, one in particular that struck me rewatching it was when they're all up and arguing, and there's a representative from each race. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they're all up and arguing, Frodo looks at the ring, and in the reflection of the ring, you see each race arguing with each other. Uh-huh. And it was kind of captured in that reflection of the ring when he's looking at it. And cool. I thought that was quite clever yeah, as well because yeah. that's containing, you know. It's meant to, And people say, oh, yeah, it was the influence of the ring obviously there as well. It was messing with everyone. Right, there. right. But, um, that's cool. But, yeah, that was one shot that I thought that was it's captured inside this ring. Mm. Like, look what it's doing. Yeah, yeah. This is what's going to happen. If, yeah. yeah. Right. And it's just yeah. like, it's just an insignificant, like, it, well, it's not an insignificant thing, but like to us, like a, a, yeah. a ring object would be insignificant yeah. like it's just a little ring yeah yeah but it's so powerful it's like a huge yeah. deal mm. yeah it makes sense obviously because you know you've you've got all of the different races who have had these rings sort of bestowed upon them yep. you know the elves um and the dwarves and the, yeah so it's cool that they incorporated that into that shot yep. it's a cool shot yeah there's also some pretty good jokes in this movie and one of my favorite ones is uh great uh, where are we going <laughs> <laughs> oh look Mary and Pippin touching on them because obviously they've joined the party at this point. Yeah. Um, they're good comedic relief, but they're not forced in there. Yeah. Yeah. They're just so well balanced. They're just young and silly. Yeah. It makes sense. It's not some full grown man walking around making a joke. You know, yeah, yeah. has a bit forced, but mm. they're just young blokes. They're having a bit of laugh. They don't understand the gravity of the situation, and that's kind of carries throughout all the first film. Yeah. yeah. Then they get captured, obviously, and so on. Mm. Won't go into that quite a bit. Yeah, I, th- I think they fit perfectly. They're just mm-hmm. the jokes is interesting, but it's not forced. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you need some of that in there, right? Mm. It's such a serious tone yep. film that um, you need to have some comedy in there. Yeah. And, and Merry and Pippin are just the perfect sort of comedic relief mm. that you need. Yeah, they do mm. it really well. Samwise is pretty funny too sometimes by like <laughs> the actions he does. Like when he's um, eavesdropping at the very start of the film, when he's cutting the grass. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, I was like, it's a very odd time to cut grass. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't dropping no eaves, so I was Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, again, Mary and Pippin, like, um, do you think he knows about the second breakfast? <laughs> what about yeah. second breakfast? Uh, it shows their innocence, the whole yeah, Because obviously, yeah. they're living in their own corner. Then. Mm. They're not putting up with it. And I think that's done so well. It shows their innocence. They're worried about second breakfast. I mean, my God. Yeah. Gondor trying to keep evil at bay. You know, yeah, so yeah. It's so obvious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's nice to have that balance every yeah. now and then. Yeah, it, it gives you good perspective, like, mm. because it gives you a very innocent character to then put through a very terrible situation. Yeah. You know, if it was sort of like a Aragorn taking this quest by himself, it's sort of like, oh, you know, he's got it. Like, you know, he's yeah. a tough... If anyone can do it, he can. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so even though he's a, you know, a very flawed character by himself. Uh, when we get into the mines, um, Gandalf's dropping, like some huge quotes. Um, Jaden, mm-hmm. I know you know a few of them, but I, I wrote one down, which is um, when uh, Frodo is like, it's a pity Bilbo didn't kill him, referring to Gollum, yep. um, when he had the chance. And then uh, Gandalf's like, pity. It is pity that stayed Bilbo's hand. Many that live deserve death, and some that die deserve life. Can you give it to them, Frodo? Do not be eager to deal out death and judgment. Even the very wise cannot see all ends. Yeah. Mm. 
I mean, so good, right? What a quote, right? Uh, there. I'm pretty sure that's um, Tolkien's writing as well. Um, yeah. but a lot of it's just taken like directly from the yeah. book, mm-hmm. um, and and the books also have like these poems in there, um, or songs, I guess you could call them. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And yeah. and they're featured heavily in both the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings franchises. Um, so it's cool that you know Peter Jackson pays homage to um, Tolkien's writing and his poems and his songs and just puts them directly mm. into there. Mm. Um, probably my favorite quote in the in the book and in the in this film is, "All you have to do is decide with mm. the decide what to do with the time that is given to you." Yeah, I think that that's comes such directly a great after. Quote. Mm. Yeah, it, it's such a beautiful um, quote, and it's just it goes a long way. Like there's deep meaning behind it. Oh yeah. I, I can't. I'm pretty sure that line's from the book. It's yeah, it's yeah. from the book. Yeah, and even putting into perspective, you know, I mean, Tolkien served in the First World War, and mm. when you take that perspective, someone mm. who can go through that and still have this mentality, yeah, you know, it, when you really look at it that way, you think, mm. oh, this this isn't just someone sitting in their room thought, ah, oh, that sounds good. Yeah, talking about a man who saw death. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and he's still calm and collected afterwards. So. Mm. Mm. Right. Yeah, and just. Just two like incredible quotes like back to back. Yeah, just yeah. coming out of um, Gandalf. Um, I haven't called him Dumbledore yet, so I'm doing all right <laughs> so far. I was like, I was different really, actors. I was really <laughs> telling myself, I'm like, call him oh, Magneto instead. I, I better not call him Dumbledore. <laughs> I'm not gonna last too long. Um, so the hobbits repeatedly managed to um, stuff things up for the fellowship, <laughs> like um, Mary throws a helmet down the well or whatever yeah. and, and and they do this throughout and it's like it, it, it infuriates you yeah. yeah but it's supposed to and it infuriates Gandalf and everyone else and Gandalf's like throw yourself down there next time yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, <Love> a talk. <laughs> yeah and oh he and it gets really bad in Return of the King as well they do some really stupid stuff there mm-hmm. but but yeah it's it's like it annoys me so much but that's how I'm supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I actually really like um, Merry and Pippin's sort of character development over the three yeah. films. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you see him in the third film, um, riding with Eowyn, I think her name is, um, into battle. Um, and it, it's such like a, a great mo- moment for him because, you know, they, they're very clumsy and foolish in the first film. And mm-hmm. in the third film, you know, they're willing to sacrifice their lives so Frodo can, you know, cast the ring into the yeah. fires of Mount Doom. Yeah. They come a long way and, you know, they might seem like insignificant characters in the first film, but they, they're given like a, f- like a real flushed out storyline, mm. fleshed yeah. out storyline throughout the whole three films. Yeah. 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 Um, the, the action scene that follows um, Mary stuffing things up is, is really, really good, in yeah. my opinion. Um, the, the, it's in the mines, I think, is, is what, what they think it is. It's in a tomb or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we get, like, this huge CGI monster that doesn't look that bad. And, mm-hmm. and you know, we, we see the Fellowship in, in action for the first time. So what, what do we think of, of, of that action scene, just in terms of the choreography and everything like that? Yep. Um, just quickly, on, on that tomb, that tomb is actually of one of the dwarves that went on the adventure of Bilbo. Bale, oh, right. white beard looked a bit like Bale. Santa wore the red bow and that's it yeah, yeah. and the guy that he grabbed Gandalf grabbed the book from or rather the skeleton yeah. <laughs> was um the young fellow with the bowl cut I can't remember the name of it but wow, one of the other dwarves wow, wow. Anyway, so, yeah so there's that connection there so it's right. quite a Dwalin, yeah. Yeah, Dwalin, yeah. yeah it might be Dwalin yeah, yeah so it's, it's quite a sad sort of connection because yeah, yeah. Gandalf had just been on this adventure with it you know really right, right. but that scene oh that the cave troll yeah. uh, as you said the CGI for that mm. oh, in comparison to um, 
Harry Potter, the troll. And yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, huge difference. Huge but difference. That entire scene's great because we see the Fellowship fight together and how they cooperate, and they do. Yeah. There's different things, you know, someone come up and stab someone in the back while Legolas is shooting an arrow at their head, something like that. You yeah. know, just those little, how do they operate together? How do they, mm. and it's quite good. They all manage to stand their ground together. Yeah. And quite a good medal. Yeah, it's the yeah. team dynamic that works mm. really well. And, and there's not a lot of team dynamic in this film because they sort of form it towards the end. But yeah. but um, it's a strength throughout the, the, the preceding two films as well. Um, you shall not pass. <laughs> it's just a bit brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's it's such a a great moment. I mean, it's you hear those you know few words and you know exactly what that moment is like. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so iconic. Him slamming it down. Yeah, and yeah. Pogs, mm. yeah. Yep. And and even just his you know his quote unquote death. Um, yeah. They mm. they milk it hard, but um, <laughs> what 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 does he say when he's on the, does he say fly you fools yeah yep. it's fly yeah right yep. right yeah it, it sounds like run yeah um, i i sometimes i it's i'm pretty sure it's fly yeah, yeah. yeah. i thought it was that too but he's not referring to the eagles all right let's yeah. get, let's get <laughs> that settled now yeah the eagles yeah. are a continuous issue in this aren't yeah. they yeah. yeah why can't you just fly into mordor yeah. i think yeah, it right. does provide reason it, more in the hobbit the eagles a really just care about themselves most of the time. Yeah. But B, they said that they're not going near Lake Town, which was in the Hobbit, which is only men, because they said they get shot at by boats. Yeah. So oh, right. let's settle that argument here that uh, yeah. they're not I've going near I've never heard that before. I've never heard that before. I think there's also the issue that there's this massive eye. Yeah, and the nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a mortal. Yeah. You can easily just yeah. see, obviously. Oh, look, there's a ring. Yeah, yeah. The end, 20 minutes in. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I love the slow-mo after he, he does Dumbledore quote-unquote wait oh, no. Dumbledore. <laughs> oh no I there jinx myself <laughs> Gandalf when he dies quote-unquote um, there's like slow-mo for like five minutes and mm. it's not that like horrendous but like if you know that he doesn't die you can get a bit like almost obnoxious like mm. everyone is in slow motion like Frodo's in slow motion Aragorn's in slow motion like and it's like, okay, we kind of get it, but if you didn't know that he comes back in the second film, it would it works as like that third act sacrifice that mm-hmm. like allows the team to to go on. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But slow mo, he gets a bit of a. I know, I know you have an issue with slow mo, right? Like sometimes, sometimes it's it's overused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, th- I think it's done pretty well in this film. I mean, a film like this kind of benefits from slow mo because it's so. Um, grand and classical when it's like big yeah. Um, and yeah it also works as Snyder Cut because like there's major themes happening there mm. but if you chuck it in a film like uh, <laughs> I'm going to reference Shrek here again <laughs> just continually <laughs> referencing Shrek it, it wouldn't work um, so I, I think a film like this sort of benefits from it more though more than it's, um, it yeah, yeah. detracts from the sense of what the film establishes mm. Mm. yeah mm. Um, so then they sort of travel to this weird sort of like, uh, elf lady. Is she an elf? I don't know. Um, shiny lady that's like... Galadriel. Uh, uh, is that her? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, I think that's her. Um, you know, Florian, I think it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it is. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. And, um, and Frodo like shows her the ring and then she like has a spaz. Or she like <laughs> goes all weird and stuff. I'm like, now I'm sure there's a reason behind that, but like watching it... From my perspective, I'm like, what on earth is going on? She's like, 
a really nice like lady and then she mm. pulls the ring out and then she becomes like this um i i think she's like the balance of the light and the dark mm. um, right. star wars also does this sort of thing where they um have a character who's sort of split toned and they delve into that in rebels which i know you haven't seen um but uh i, th- I think she's like uh, she's appear she appears in the hobbit as well when she um goes up against the necromancer um mm. and she can kind of switch on her dark side because she needs the dark side to defeat him mm. um her light side isn't powerful enough um but i'm, I'm pretty sure like she's kind of split tone like she's not she's like the center of the universe yeah. Yeah. yeah i'm hoping we actually cover a bit more of that in the um amazon series coming up because yeah. she'll be one of the main or it's around that time she's yeah. just, uh, yeah maybe there might be a bit more of uh, explanation for that sort of stuff right i mean there's so much more to do right with this oh, franchise i mean you've yeah. got like the cimmerillion and i don't want them to milk it <laughs> yeah there's a lot they can do but they they need to tread carefully yep. yeah. yeah we'll touch on that on the end for wrap up about what you guys want out of that but for now we'll we'll continue we're almost towards the end um boromir and aragon are both seen sort of struggling with the temptations of the ring mm-hmm. i thought that was really really interesting um yep. just Seeing that again, you know, the effect that the ring has over these men, um, because they're not, you know, some like elvish or whatever, um, they're just normal dudes. And seeing how the ring can sort of corrupt them and use their weaknesses against them was really, really mm-hmm. interesting. Um, slow-mo Aragorn. <laughs> There's nothing, you, you can't, you don't get much cooler than that. Okay, cool. I thought you were about to like absolutely- No, 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 I was like, oh no, this is, this is like so dope. Yeah. Like, um, this was the part where I thought the movie was going to finish um, when they got to the beach or uh-huh. you know, the, the lake or whatnot. Yeah. And they have like the battle in the forest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like such a cool battle. But um, but yeah, when Aragorn's like tells Frodo to leave and Frodo like, you know, runs away and then Aragorn like turns around and it's in slow-mo, he takes his sword out and there's like 500 dudes. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I got this. I like the fact that they incorporated Sting into this, um, mm. and you see like his glowing blade. It's, yep. it's just like a really oh, cool right. detail yeah. to see. Mm. Um, if if you didn't know, I think it senses goblins and orcs. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's just a cool thing to see. Mm. Um, and I really like that moment where, um, Frodo is kind of terrified of Aragorn. Yeah. Um, yeah. Know, taking the ring, and then Aragorn, um, thinks of the bigger picture, and he he, you know, says like. The, the ring's yours I can't take that mm. away from you um, yeah. I think that's like a real sweet moment, and, moment. and that's directly after of course Boromir's tried to take it again yeah, yeah. 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 and then oh, I guess we'll probably go into Boromir's redemption in a way yeah so. yeah I love it that, that yeah. battle is just everything about that battle is just really really good mm. um, it's sort of it's not as grand as the other ones but it's no. I think it, it might be actually my favourite battle in the yeah. entire series oh. Um, just, just I, I prefer the more you know close combat sort of you know in the forest than like a big mm-hmm. like open plane with like mm-hmm. thousands of dudes. Yep. Um, but yeah, I just really love that, and of course, Boromir's sacrifice is pretty sensational. Just how he keeps on getting back up and back up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's cool how an um, an Urukai defeated him. Like it, it puts the mm-hmm. sense of these orcs aren't just expendable people. Right, they're not they, troopers. They um, can do real damage. Well, the Urukai can. I mean, regular orcs are, like, really easy to <laughs> defeat. But, yeah, yeah it, it's cool that um, a really significant character like Boromir was able to be defeated by mm. the enemy for once. Um, you, you're never going to see that with a stormtrooper, right? Yeah. yeah. No. It, it lays the groundwork for 
there being serious consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, and that scene too, and I only just saw this the other day, was the music that plays, it's Elvish, which happens quite frequently throughout the series. Yeah. Um, and one of the lines, it's all sung in Elvish, obviously language created by Tolkien, and it was something along the lines of, I don't love the sword for its sharpness. But anyway, it was all making reference to Boromir, right. essentially, and about a warrior right. and all that stuff. But you wouldn't know that, of course, because no. yeah. none of us speak Elvish. But, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but another note was um, his horn, um, I think the yeah, horn of Gondor yeah. or something like that, yeah. is split in half. When, uh, yeah. And I forget how it gets split. Um, yeah, I can't recall. Yeah, I can't recall, but that's just another symbolic thing, I think. You know, so his, his horn that he's kind of carried with him, though, and he's blowing it at the time too, to yeah. sort of attract the attention of the orcs, I think, or the yeah. Uruk-hai. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was another little thing, it was just the splitting of that. It was a, a significant detail. Mm. If you pay attention to it, and yeah. you've read the books, you know, you'll pick up on that yep. stuff. So right. it's, it's cool that Peter Jackson, you know, did his homework and studied yeah. this stuff and yeah. and made sure he covered, you know, a lot of the big stuff, but a lot of the smaller stuff that fans will appreciate. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I just really enjoy the bad guys in this entire series and the orcs, even the standard ones, they're pretty disgusting and I think they're pretty funny as well. they're funny they're, uh, I'd still be terrified of them if I was yeah. in their position like yeah. they're I know they're like stupid they're kind of like the droids in um, the Clone Wars yeah, where yeah, they're like yeah, yeah. they're just like idiots yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's more of a sort of like they take it more of a, a humorous route with it in, in the subsequent mm-hmm. films I think yeah but like even in this if I was like Aragorn and like 10 of them were coming at me. Like, I'll be terrified. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> they don't look happy. Yeah, yeah. Especially the Urukai, because they're meant to be, like, an, obviously a more advanced yeah. type. Of, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're terrifying. The way they roar and all that when they're coming along. Yeah, is, yeah. Is, just um, huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But it's slimy and just, just gross. Like, yeah. the makeup there is phenomenal. Just on the... Yeah, that's another thing. In comparison to The Hobbit, there's a lot less CGI when it comes to yeah. this. And I think yeah. that was a big difference that occurred there to Discussion for another time, I suppose. But, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, just the realistic outfits and yeah, the costuming yeah. and the makeup and everything just made it so much better. Practical effects goes a long way. Oh, yeah, and sure. I think that's one of the things that um, Jackson kind of suffered from in the Hobbit trilogy. Mm. It's not that good. Um, it, it Comparing it to the Lord of the Rings, there's a huge difference in yep. terms of, you know, um, how well it was received. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I think the practical effects, it's some of the best I've seen. Um, these are real people wearing real costumes. Yeah. Um, and, man, it, it looks real. Yeah. It, it, mm. it takes you into it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And just even the, the choreography in that battle, you, you know, you can always see where the sword is going. There's no yep. quick cuts. Yeah. You yep. know, it's, they're actually doing the movements. Sometimes, sometimes there's these huge shots that sort of like start from one end of the battle and yeah. then like zoom in, yep. but like it doesn't cut and, and they just keep going. So there, there are so many shots in this that would have taken a, a while to, to get right because you have mm-hmm. to, everyone's in frame. So everyone's got to be doing their job properly. Yeah. And yep. Boromir or Sean, is it Sean Bean? Who plays Boromir? Yeah, Sean Yeah, Bean. yeah, Sean yeah. Bean. Um, he'll know that like the camera's coming to him. So he has to be on point. Like yep, even, yeah. if, even if the camera's over here and it just goes over there and it's just stuff like that, that's really, really cool. And also allows you to see where the landmarks are in the battle. Sometimes yeah. in, in poorly shot action films, you don't know where the bad guys are, where yeah, the good guys are. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a problem I had with Falcon and the Wind Soldier, the show. I just didn't know where anyone was yeah, yeah, at yeah. any time. Mm. But in this, I can kind of be like, okay, 
Aragorn's up there somewhere, Boromir's down here. Mm. Um, they're not too close, so they're not going to be able to help each other immediately. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can sort of piece it all together, and it, it just it just shows that you know action choreography just yeah. it's very important, very mm. important. Yeah. One particular shot on that too was when Boromir was blowing the trumpet. It goes above the camera goes above the trees, and it follows the Urukai running. Yeah. So uh, it shows yes. where they're kind of so you're yeah. kind of watching them charge towards something, mm. and it gives that sense of dread, like well here they come. Yeah, you know, so. yeah. Yeah, mm. no, yeah, that's a good shot. Yeah, mm. so many good shots. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, any other thoughts towards the end of the film? I think we go from a very sad moment with Boromir, and then it, the movie's able to uplift us, make us feel better, and then before finally ending. And so how do you guys feel about the final sort of ten minutes? How does it sort of set up the next movie for you? Um, yeah, I just wanted to touch on Boromir's death a bit more. Yeah. Um. I think he's such like an underrated character um, and I think his redemption was really well handled um, throughout the film. You really kind of hate him as a person. Mm. You know, he's, he's getting in the way of the fellowship when they're trying to get the ring to Mordor. Um, and then, you know, when you see him sort of sacrifice himself for um, uh, Pippin and Merry and then Frodo, obviously, it, it's it's sort of like a 180 of the character. He's completely turned around. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think Sean Bean's portrayal of him was just fantastic. I mean, I love the character. I think he's severely underrated. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, still on his death as well. Yeah, I agree. He does admit to Aragon too when he eventually gets there and he says, mm. oh, you did what I couldn't by letting him go with the ring because, yeah. he, you know, he admits to that. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, it says, I'd follow you anywhere, my king, sort of thing. And he, yeah. Which earlier oh, on, he said to him, you'll know King Gondor doesn't need a king. And, right. and as we know, that Aragorn is heir to the throne. Mm. Um, but yeah, just that juxtaposition there. You can see yeah. his character redemption there. But uh, for the last 10 minutes, oh, look, that scene with Sam, you know, I'm coming with you. And yeah. He knows he can't swim. Yeah. <laughs> he jumps into the water after yeah. Frodo. But, Idiot. Oh, again, goosebumps. Yeah. 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 If we all had a Sam, there wouldn't be any issues. Yeah, so exactly. That loyalty is... Yeah. Yeah, undying yeah literally yeah and it yeah it tells me you know i made a promise and all that it's like oh mm -hmm. you just know that he's he's going to look after him every step of the way from yeah. here on yeah I, I like that um you know samwise gamgee's always you know, he's always going after him no matter yeah. what he's going to mm -hmm. be there by his side and throughout the whole franchise sam's always there he's he's making sure yeah. frodo's safe he's like his guardian angel yeah um and, and i saw a really good quote somewhere i don't know where i saw this but it's it said, um, uh, I wish more people um, had friends like Samwise Gamgee. Mm. And then a reply was like, I wish more people were like Samwise Gamgee, which I think is like an okay. interesting mm. thing. Um, yep. He's just such like a lovable character. Mm. You can't hate the guy. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> Sean Astin did a really good job. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yes, it's sort of like the, the puppy love sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yep. You know, like mm. it's sort of like the adorable sort of not for any rhyme or reason just sort of going and going and going yep. and um but yeah he, he he's really good um but frodo he, yeah man i just he's not my favorite yeah is he anyone's favorite like he, he's not my favorite i don't hate him but he, he's he's definitely not my favorite character mm. yep. yeah he's lost and confused i think after being lothron with Galadriel and he, she shows him what's you know in that mirror kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and says like, oh, you can't trust the fellowship. You know, mm -hmm. essentially, she says like one of them's going to try and take from mm -hmm. you, which obviously ends up being boring. But 
he's he's so confused and he's just been attacked by Boromir. Yeah. So yeah, he's got this real sense of like, oh, I can't be near. Like, I've got to go. I've got to yeah, go. But, yeah. but I understand, and I think especially going to the next film, the third one, yeah, he's, he becomes a bit of a whiny character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely justification for that a little bit, but I think a lot of people sort of look at him and go, oh. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you got Sam here's the yeah, every step yes. away and he's still trying. But, mm. but I think that gives that reason for having Sam as well. You know, he yeah. desperately needs him by his side. I think it's just like, an, it's how the character was built. Mm. Um, I like to coin it as Sam would know as the Dolores Umbridge effect where, you know, it's the character's built in a certain way to make you feel that way. Mm. Uh, Dolores Umbridge, you meant to hate her and that in the... Um, actor did a fantastic job of making sure that the the audience hated her um, and I think it's the same for Frodo here you know he, he's the vulnerable sort of whiny um, unlikely hero that's carrying this ring um, yeah. and it was meant to be like that um, and and uh, Elijah Wood did a fantastic job of replicating that on the screen um, mm. so it, it's not like he took the character in a different direction he was meant to do what he was meant to do mm-hmm. yeah for sure yeah, I, I don't think his performance is, is bad by, by any means. I think he does exactly what he's supposed to do. Yeah. I mean, I'm not really like a fan of Elijah Wood. I don't think I've actually seen him in anything else. It's sort of like a Daniel Radcliffe situation where it's like, you're this is, character, yeah. you can't be anybody else now. Yeah. It's not like Tobey Maguire as well. That's sort of what happened to him. But yeah, but yeah um, any other thoughts, lads, before we sort of go into the music segment? Um, no, I think I've, we've basically touched on everything. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's the gist of yeah. this. I mean, honestly, we've been talking about this for weeks. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, not what we're here to do. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, so transitioning to the music segment, um, every every podcast we do, I almost said every week, but we don't do a podcast every we week. We do it every week. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Um, so every podcast we put a maximum of two or a minimum of one song from each film we've watched into the rewatch playlist, which is a playlist on Spotify, which you can listen to in the link. Um, in the YouTube description and today we're going to put in two songs from Lord the Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. the Fellowship of the Ring yep and those two songs are Harry uh, the first one is concerning hobbits concerning hobbits yep. and that's and that plays in the, the very start of the film yeah pretty much every time hobbitons sort of right. show it's show like it. the Shire thing yeah the yeah. Shire thing yeah. it's also known by us it's um, it's kind of like an Irish flute but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And and the second one, the the bridge of Khazad Doom is the second one. So it, it's it's the scene where um they're in the mines of Moria, and they're sort of like getting chased by all the goblins. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is another amazing theme by Howard Shore. I think he did a fantastic job on all three films. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the music's incredible. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the best soundtracks ever made, certainly, uh, for sure. Okay. It's that time. Final thoughts. Who wants to go first? You go first. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Um, look, I'm a casual Lord of the Rings fan, mm-hmm. um, but I can still sit down and appreciate this movie. I, I own them on Blu-ray. I watch them every now and then. I enjoy watching them thoroughly from start to finish. Um, there's no real place where I'm bored or in, in this movie. Um, sometimes I'm like, hang on, what the f- going on here like uh, but but most of the time um, I'm having a great time I love the characters I love the world I love the visual component I love the audio component 
um, there's not much to fault at all. I don't think we've actually criticised the film one bit. Maybe slightly... Slight nitpicks, but it's not going to detract from, you know, anything major. Yeah, so I think, look, I mean, part of me wanted to save the A-plus for Return of the King, but I think this one's just as good. I don't think it's better... But then again, it's the first in the trilogy, so it doesn't, it, it can't do the emotional payoffs that the third one can. Yeah. Yep. Um, but it's going to be an A plus for me. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to go next? Do you want to go next? Yeah, all right, I'll, I'll go next. Yeah, look, same thing. It's, it's got to be this trilogy is my favourite of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this film, while it is probably the slower one out of the three, mm-hmm. there's still a lot happening. But it builds it up so well. And as you said, you can't get that payoff from the first film, mm. which means it has to be strong yeah. um, by itself. And it is. It is strong by itself. Um, as, as for rating, well, yeah, I'd probably have to agree. I, once again, I was thinking, oh, yeah, the other ones might be A+. plus, But as a film by itself, mm. it's got everything you require. It's amazing sound. The three foundations of cinematography, soundtrack and the casting are just phenomenal yeah. like yeah. i don't know any other film that's really hit all three that well mm. uh so i'd probably have to say an a plus as well to be honest. cool nice yeah. go on Jaden, make it three i think i know where this is going <laughs> <laughs> yeah um the lord of the rings has just always been something special to me um it, it, it's just a franchise that just continually just impresses me um i think peter jackson did a fantastic job i mean he, he took such a big risk and the payoff was just phenomenal. Um, casting decisions were fantastic. Uh, cinematography, like you said. Action sequences are just genuinely exciting. Um, world building, I think, is just such an important factor here. Um, it, it, it's such an extensive world and I think he captured it perfectly as to what it is. Um, uh, music is always like a really big and big thing for films um, for me and like I said before I think this is one of my favorite scores if not my favorite score ever mm. um, and and I, I typically like to look at the Lord of the Rings films as all just one big mesh so you know whatever I give this it, it's going to be the same rating mm. for the next two I'm just going to reveal that here <laughs> right. um, it's an A plus I mean it, there's essentially nothing to fault in this it's the it's the epitome of cinema it's it's literally perfect um yeah i mean we've made nitpicks but it's just when you really want to criticize it when you're going out of your way to make Mm -hmm. sure there's something wrong that's when there's something wrong Mm -hmm. and you can do that for every film not every film is perfect but this is as close as you'll probably get Mm yeah yeah i'll ask the real question though is it as good as shrek 2 It's better, man. It's better. Yeah. I love The Lord of the Rings so much more. Yeah, They're, they're so different. I mean, they're both fantasy, <laughs> but I don't want to use that because oh, it's different, so you can't compare. Oh, look, it's something else. Don't it, make that comparison. Yeah, that's so cruel. <laughs> okay, so Amazon have announced that they're doing a Lord of the Rings series. Yep. Um, I imagine you two are very excited for it. Personally, I'll check it out, but I'm not, you know, I'm not waiting for it. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you two want from that series? What do you want to see explored? I don't, I don't really know if the plot details have sort of been provided. It's it's but. very um, ambiguous yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, honestly, I, I just want to see them um, try something new. Um, mm-hmm. I want to see them expand on Tolkien's lore and I want to see less CGI um, because yeah. that's, that's a very big issue that The Hobbit struggled with is CGI. 
um, and a lot of the battles and you know the battle of the five armies was just just absolutely like a CGI dump. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, th- it's been said that they're shooting in New Zealand, um, and that's been confirmed. So you, you're going to have all those fantastic cinematic shots that you had in this film. Mm. Um, I just hope they know where they're going with this. I mean, the budget is insanely huge, so they've obviously got the money to do it. Um, but it's it's scaring me a bit that they moved to the United Kingdom to shoot season two. So, oh, right. Yeah, it's, mm. it's a bit... Um, so they're shooting two seasons. Yeah, the, the second season's been confirmed. So they shot the first one in New Zealand and then right. the second one... But it one, hasn't even... They haven't done post-production yet. Um, they haven't... No, I think it's finished. Um, But they're just waiting to release it. I think they're just really waiting. When's it coming? I'm not sure. September 2022. It's about a year's time. time. So, Harry, what do you want to see in this show? Oh, look, on the same. I understand that they're looking at the second age. Um, Obviously, Lord of the Rings and Hobbit takes place in third age. Second age looks more at uh, the Forging of the Rings, or I think there'll be a bit of Morgoth, which is actually Sauron's old boss, (laughs) essentially, (laughs) which is just another bigger batter. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. so that'll be interesting. Like I said, there's a lot of lore from the Silmarillion. Um, the fall of, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong, people can hate me, I think it's Numenor, uh, which was another... No, I think book. you got that right. Yeah, yeah which is yeah. another whole sort of race and all this stuff, man. Right. So, But I, I'm the same. I want them to see something, something different, but I want to see those three foundations. I want to see a good score, yeah. good cinematography, and the casting. And that's mm. If they can do that, and they can have a good story, and they don't go over the top, and they don't pander too much to certain fans and things like that like yeah. you know let it let the story be told yeah um, I think it's good and I can't I don't know if it's exactly true but I heard the reason they're putting so much into this is hey, they want to make money back but apparently uh, when Amazon was just a book delivery company or specialising books Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings was one of the series that saved them um, oh, obviously right. it was ah. published way before then but yeah. it was one of the books that was very big and started selling Yeah. Um, and that might have been after the films coming out but I've, yeah. I've heard that somewhere and I can't confirm that. Yeah. And so they've sort of turned around and said, well, you are saving grace, so we're going to give you all back sort of thing. So yeah. Hence why there's been over half a billion put into the first season. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, specs. Yeah. Amazon's like the biggest company in the world, so you, you bloody hope so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're going to make, you know, a franchise and you're going to bring it back from the dead, mm. Lord of the Rings is the one to do it with, right? Mm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Not that it really died, but I mean, I haven't seen the whole I, I don't want to see Game of Thrones in it. I don't want to see them yeah. trying to do Game of Thrones. I was about to say that. Yeah. yeah, that's dangerous and that will kill it, I believe. Mm. Right. Mm. right, Stay well away from doing what the Game of Thrones yeah. did. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. I don't want to see that. Yeah. So, so we're cautiously optimistic. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. have very high hopes and I think they're mm. going to stick the landing. Um, right. They just need to, uh, you know, take the good things from the Lord of the Rings but do something different as well. Mm. I I hope to God they get Howard Shaw back for the score. I'm not sure mm. if that's been confirmed yet, um, but I would love to see yeah. him back as well. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's that about wraps it up for today. Thank you so much to our special guest, Harry, for coming yeah. on. Thank you, Harry. Good insight. Yeah. Provided a lot. Yeah. yeah, love this film. So thanks for having me. That was, that was excellent. You'll be back for the next two. Yes. <laughs> oh, excellent. We won't, we won't do them without you. I get sure. to keep my job. So. Yes. You are our Lord of Rings correspondent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're also our Star Wars TV show correspondent at the exactly. moment. Exactly. <laughs> and then when uh, the Lord of the Rings TV show comes out, you can do that with us. Oh, yeah, yeah, that would be dope. Yeah. A long journey ahead. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's hopefully better than the Bad Batch. I'm sure it will be. Yeah. Um, so thank you for listening to this episode of the Rewatch Podcast. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can do so at the Rewatch Pod. 
If you'd like to subscribe to the YouTube channel, just search The Rewatch on YouTube. Jaden, every episode, we always sort of tease what our next episode is. But every time we do that, we never get it right. <laughs> Last episode, we said we were going to do Prisoners. Here we are doing Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So I'm just going to scrap this segment. But with all that said, next episode, we're going to be doing Mamma Mia. Thank you for listening and bye for now. <laughs> See ya.